Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, Flyperbole listeners. Welcome back. This is your host, Steve Jaco. Tonight, joined by Bill Matz, and we get to talk about the greatest thing in the world, Flyers hockey. Everybody loves it. Everybody's excited about it. It's never been a better time to be a Flyers fan. Bill, how are you feeling? How are you doing? Today, I'm, uh, You've had to talk about this team like 20 times today. Yeah, so. I, I thought there was more coming. I was just waiting for you. No, there. Uh, there's absolutely never been a better time to be a Flyers fan if you absolutely hate yourself. Uh, you can just turn on this team every single night and have your uh, have your negativity reaffirmed by the way this team plays. It's really something special to see uh, a bunch of guys who clearly have a problem with their entire fan base, so much so that they need to prove it on national television regularly. Yeah, I, I, and you're right. Like Whatever negative thing you think about this team, it's there every night waiting for you. Just whatever horrible thing. I, I, like, And it feels like a new nightmare every night. I keep trying to find the silver lining because, you know, we have to talk about this team constantly multiple times a week. So you, you don't want to be all negative, but it's it's they make it damn hard, man. Like, even a game they played, the Islanders game, they actually played a good game. And they still found a way to completely fuck it up. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, I find with my post games, like, there's a thing in wrestling, like, if you're cutting a promo, you don't want to start at 10, because then where do you go? Well, like, this team has had me at 10 multiple times this week, and now, there's another half of the season left. <laughs> like, where do we go from here with this, uh, just, uh, the most frustrating team I've, uh, it was one thing when they were bad and I expected them to be bad. And it's another thing to, like, just slightly underachieve, but to be actually bad when you're supposed to be good, it's, uh, I don't even know how to describe it. It's it's like a feat. It's honestly almost impressive. Right. You're almost impressed by how bad this is. Because a couple of years ago, you at least had the excuse, okay, they've been on this rebuild, they cleared out cap space, they're trying to get young talent, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it wasn't the best defense some days, and uh, believe me, a lot of days it wasn't the best defense, but it, at least it was something. This team, we had so many expectations after last year. We really, and after the first, I don't know, quarter of the season, I thought they were going to be good. And whatever they're laying out there right now, these turds that they're laying out there on a nightly basis is just, it's just unbelievable. And I, I really hit a wall last night with that Devils game. Cause I, at least they've been able it's to the win fucking like the Sabres. Devils. It's the fucking Devils. Like they've been able to win these Sabres games. They can beat the bottom feeders and then. When you start having trouble with the bottom feeders, the games you should win, that's when you're... Tr- and again, it's the goddamn Devils. Like, 
I have so many bad memories of this team. I hate the Devils. I don't care how good or bad the Devils are. I want the Flyers to beat the Devils. And, ugh, excruciating. It really is. It's the worst. Just And, like, now they have three in a row, I think, with the Rangers. Like, there's a really good chance they're behind the Rangers in the standings after these three games. Like, it's more oh than God. a 50-50 possibility. And this is, I've trashed the Rangers repeatedly, going, they're nowhere close. They're not better than the Flyers. Well, guess what, folks? They're about to be better than the Flyers in the standings. They're they're only like two points behind right now. And thanks to that 9 nothing walloping, the goal differential, the Rangers have a plus 12 goal differential, and the Flyers have a minus 14 goal differential right now. That's, I've been looking at those two specifically, and I keep having to remind myself, like, oh, yes, there's a nine-goal swing in there in one game. <laughs> like, it's just... One game. I'm, I'm, like, out of ways to express my disgust with this team. Like, I keep reaching into, like, my vocabulary for a new word. And it's just, like, coming up empty. I, I'm, I'm, like, running out of things. Like, I'm bewildered. I'm baffled. Like, it's, it's, those are just the bees. Like, I need, I need some more of these. You're just logging on to thesaurus.com every day. I can't say the word thesaurus, apparently. <laughs> and just looking for new and creative ways to trash this team. And you're just completely out. I, I I'm there with you. I can't. And last night, last night, that Devils game was just... First off, they start off, okay, uh, one-to-one, fine, I can take this, just get out of the first period. Can't do that. Nope. With the Couturier line, like, that's when it's, like, we have the Couturier line on the ice at the end of the period, and it's like, please just don't get scored on. And then right. there's Zajac just sitting there on the crease, hanging out. Like, just chilling by himself. Chillin'. Nice, nice, easy tap-in. Ugh. Yeah, Zajac, one of those guys who kills the Flyers every time he plays them, uh... It just had another one of those games against the Flyers last night. And they're down 4-1. My interest, completely gone. And, of course, they score twice, like, late in the game to get me mildly back into it. And that and really, insult. I feel like, sums up. Really, I felt insulted when they scored those goals. Like, no. I, I was like, no. Do not. This is an insult to my intelligence. You're trying to make me think you're in this game when you just got beat by the fucking devils. Right. I'm completely checked out. And I just mildly look up. I was watching on my tablet only at that point. It wasn't even on my TV. And I'm just like, oh, that's interesting. Cool. Great. And, and like, my thing is, I can't figure out what... I think what's most frustrating about this team is you can't really pinpoint one particular problem. Like, one night, the offense isn't clicking, but the defense... Well, the defense hasn't been really doing well, or the goaltending all year. So those are the problems, but then... I don't know. It just feels like there's a million problems. That's, and then they team. have a night where they give up like 13 shots, but somehow lose two to one. Like, two to one. It's, two to one. It's 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 something. It's a new. It's a new and fun disaster for us to pa- unpack each and every evening. Yeah. And these Rangers games are gonna be brutal coming up. I mean, at least, at least we've had a couple games uh, against them without Panarin, and now that Panarin's back, and they really seem to be starting to click on a lot more cylinders than they were earlier. That's not looking forward to it. No, it's uh, like I don't expect these games to go well. I-, I would love for them to just rattle off a bunch of wins, make me sound like an asshole for just being insane about this little slump they're in. But where what's today? March twenty fourth. Like it's been the whole month now. Like it's not just a, it's not just a little slump. It's why should I expect them to suddenly turn this thing around when 
they've been given like Buffalo and the Rangers and they're not able to like just bury them. Right. And those are the teams you have to bury. That's the take care of business kind of kind of teams right there. So are you at the point where you just you've given up like they can't make a move that's going to get this team over the hump or are you still do you still have a sliver of hope? Well, I have a sliver of hope that they make some moves that like uh, this year uh, they just don't have it and even if they did I don't think the goaltending situation is good enough to like anchor them through a playoff run my sliver of hope is that they make moves that set up next year because now at this point looking to next year if we're going man if if, if Nolan Patrick and Morgan Frost can really just take that next step if Sanheim and Myers can take that next step like, if we're still having that conversation for the third season in a row, I'm going to be, like, really upset. Yeah, and that's 100% justified because we've been... Number one, I feel like people have been saying the next step for five years now. And on top of that, this really felt like the year. This had to be the year for the next step. Okay, I guess it's like COVID mulligan or something, but I can't, I can't anymore after this year. Next year, it really has to be it, or you've got to blow shit up. And that's, like, I, I still want, like, I think they need to make some sort of move that changes the culture in this locker room. We can talk all we want about how they're a close-knit group, and they all like each other, the leaders are uh, doing a good job, but, man, none of these guys have ever produced good results, like, team results in their lives. Not a single one of them. Like, JVR left and came back and still hasn't seen a conference championship since 2010. Like, not not a single guy on this team has ever accomplished anything from a team standpoint. You have to just come to the conclusion they can't do it. Oh, yeah, and it, I hate to be a guy who's kind of pushing for, I don't know, a little more grit, a little more... I don't necessarily want grit. I want a little more, like, kind of piss and vinegar guy. Like, a really just, like kind of an asshole to step in here and flip over a table when they lose and be like, what the fuck are you guys doing? What are you sitting around for? Let's go kick somebody's ass. Yeah, like Kevin Hayes, that was a nice addition of personality to this team, but I don't know if it's just kind of more the same, like a guy who's having fun in the locker room, likes to be one of the boys, and doesn't want to offend anybody. I think they do need someone who's, like, not their best friend. Yeah. Right, they're all best friends. They all just want to hang out. We're just gonna, you know, we're gonna chill. We're gonna have a good time. No, we need somebody who's gonna be like, what the fuck is this? What are you assholes doing? Come on, let's go just kill somebody. It would be nice if somebody had the let's go kill somebody mentality, honestly. Other than us, let's go me, kill watching, somebody. me watching the game every night thinking, let's just go kill somebody. <laughs> That'd be nice. That, that's all you really want to ask for. I actually had a question up here. Uh, where I asked, which Flyers coach, player, or GM would you grab from their prime to fix this current team? And like I was think, I was thinking about it first. I'm like, well, I don't know if it's necessarily talent thingy because I feel like this team has a ton of talent. I keep circling in on a Chris Pronger type. I mean, he's everything they need. <laughs> Talk about he's everything complete... they need because they need defense. Yeah, number one defenseman who's a complete asshole. Like that checks all yeah. the boxes. Will cross check all... someone in the teeth? No problem. I would love somebody who could cross-check somebody in the teeth right now. That sounds amazing. Just teeth spilled out on the ice. It's been so long since I've seen somebody's teeth on the ice. I need to see it. I think Sean Couturier's was the last set of teeth I've seen on the ice. (laughs) That's just just him. That's just how he looks. That's just how he looks. That's just who Coots is. The one guy, (laughs) he's one of the, like, I don't know, there's maybe 
a handful of guys on this team that I can't really give too much shit to. It's like Sean Couturier, Farabee, and, and I guess Blake. JVR because he's <laughs> that's it. And it's weird to say JVR. I still can't. It's really odd. It really is. It's funny. Like one of the most like I don't want to say hated, but just one of the most uh, controversial people on the team. Like a guy, a lightning rod. Like people love or hate JVR. Like he's he's a power forward, but he isn't actually tough. Like he's a net f- net front presence, but he doesn't like sit there and win battles like a Wayne Simmons. But he's having a hell of a year. It's I, I love JVR, and I didn't think he was like this good. No, I didn't think so either. And I, like he always has that move that he tries to pull out that just never seems to. It always seems to come up short when you really want it to go in. He's got to be like four for the century on that move. Yeah, every time you think this is going to be the time. No, it's never the friggin' time with it. But it's. I mean, whatever he's doing this year, he's the one guy, well, he's one of like three guys who's like, keep it up. What you're doing is great. And it's just, it's weird because you just look down this roster and for the most part, it's guys that you're like, okay, I like him. I like him. I like him. And they're just coming up short across the board. How much do you put on coaching? Like, that's, I think the big question here. I mean, I don't, the coaches are absolutely culpable in this thing. But after, like, you know, our fourth coaching staff of the decade, how can I continue to just blame the coaches? Especially, like, a coach who, 12 months ago, if you asked me my opinion of him, it was like, no, he's, he's like, a top three coach in the league. Like, without a doubt, 12 months ago. Like, that's I was I, upset. I was upset when he didn't win coach of the year, when he didn't yeah, win Jack Adams. Yeah, no, like, exactly. It was, I thought it was him and Trotz, and no one else was close. And, like, I, to... Th- yeah, he does some questionable things, and he maybe he's not doing the best job this year. I don't understand what he's doing with the goalies and why Alex Lyon just can't play, for instance. I, what the hell is he supposed to do? If his goalies can't stop a puck, he can't make them. Like, if the power play just can't score, he can't make them. Just can't force it, like, at will? Are you <laughs> sure about that? Uh, if he had Jedi powers of some kind, I would hope he would have utilized them by now. I swear to God, the fan base thinks that these guys have Jedi powers sometimes. Like, why don't they just score? I don't know if it works like that, guys, but, you know, we can try and explore this. I did have to laugh in the game last night when it's the timeout at the end and Michelle Tarion's drawing up the play. It's like, yeah, this guy in charge of one of the worst power plays in the league. He's going to get us back in this game. His offensive genius. Like, that this shit did crack me This offensive guru right here. Yeah. Oh my Sean McVay over here. Just drawing up. <laughs> I, Tarion, man, that I thought was a questionable hiring to start with. And then that power play just, it's really weird when I think back, because when they, they traded Braden Shen, I was like, who gives a shit, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you miss, you miss some goals, but I'm like, they can replace him on the power play. It's not a big deal. They haven't had a guy who could shoot like that on the power play ever since. And it, it kills me to admit that. And that's like, it seemed like the most interchangeable spot. Like, yeah, just put someone there who's left-handed and Drew will pass it to them and we'll have someone in front and it'll be fine. But it really, it really hasn't been the same. Sean Couturier started out pretty well, but when was the last time? I mean, they have him on the half wall now. When was the last time he scored that little bumper goal? Like, it's been a while. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like every time Drew, I, you know, low call Drew to death, I will defend him all day. But I feel like that slap shot accuracy, when he really winds up, it hits the net maybe 
I don't know, 10% of the time. Uh, I mean, he scored on one the other night, and it had to be the first one in like two years. <laughs> yeah. I was it, shocked. It's a great shot, but it's not accurate at all. It's none. Just like, not, none it looks very pretty, but it, it's nowhere close most of the time. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what they do. I don't know. Like, I, I I think a lot of people want blood. I'm exhausted, man. Like, I am exhausted by this team. Bill, I straight up asked you in a DM, do you even want to talk about the Flyers tonight? Can we this just is, find something else? This is already more than I thought we were going to do. <laughs> I know. I actually, I almost started this off with, there was a story from, I think it was earlier today, about a guy finding shrimp tails in a cinnamon toast crunch, and I almost started off with that <laughs> instead of... That thing just keeps going deeper, man. This has been going on for like two or three days. And I just keep, it wasn't until like today I realized, or I found out it was Topanga's husband. Yeah, I saw that. So we got the slight Philly connection there for Topanga, who was in a 90s show that kind of took place in Philadelphia. Boy Meets World, a, a very unofficial Philadelphia show right there. Where, it, it has I Philly like, stuff, but. Where, where in Philly? Because like they never said like. Oh, yeah, this is... Like, they never tried to be... Like, what part of Philadelphia do you think Like, the Goldberg that... straight up says Jenkintown. And even though yeah, it's exactly. sunny California, Jenkintown, at yeah. least they say it's Jenkintown. Boy yeah, Meets like, World, that's not... I don't know what part of Philly that's supposed to be. It's, like, the most, like, pearly white suburban, like, life, like, full house life. And they're like, yeah, we're in Philly. Like, oh, are you now? Is that some weird part of the Northeast I've never heard of? <laughs> yeah. And I just rewatched the show, like, beginning of pandemic. Well, I guess that was, like, a year ago. Shit. But at some oh, point man. early in the pandemic, I rewatched Boy Meets World. It, uh, it holds up. Yeah. But it's still not Philly. No. 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 It's just this weird imaginary Philadelphia. But, hey, I'll take the credit. I'll, I'll take the slight Philly connection there. That's fine. How... I gotta say, I have a box of Cinnamon Toast Crunch, like, right in front of me, honestly. And is this hasn't deterred me at all from my love of Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Bill, I want you to dump that out on your desk right now. Inspect every square. Right now. No, it, it hasn't deterred... I, there was, like, a split second today where I thought about going in... Because I have a shit ton of cereal. I've basically only eaten cereal during the pandemic. Like, from the, the start of this, Honey Nut Cheerios has made so much fucking money off of me during this pandemic. <laughs> and I thought about going in and just inspecting every one of them. And then I said, eh, who's got the time? Yeah, like, if shrimp tails fall out of my cereal box, shrimp tails fall out of my cereal box. There's worse things you can find in your cereal, honestly. I mean, if they found the mouse poop and floss, that's actually the worst things for me. But yeah, I don't that, know, maybe like true. a... I guess a human tooth, that could be worse. <laughs> that's like a prize. Like, what if you found out it was a celebrity's tooth? And then be like, oh, well, oh. okay. Oh, that's... <laughs> I, I can't even think of a good celebrity for that. That's Brian Cranston's gold tooth. <laughs> How about that? How much can I pawn this for on eBay? Well, I, I guess you'd need a certificate of authenticity for the tooth. I guess so. I just don't know who to go to. Actually, I could probably find a guy in, like... I don't know, North Philly or something who'll get that for me in like five seconds. Oh, without a doubt. There was a point in my life uh, I was doing um, fake Wait, Yelp. What? I said North Philly. I live in like mob South Philly. I could walk two houses down. Okay, never mind. <laughs> There's a point in my life I was doing uh, fake Yelp reviews for money, uh, like 15 bucks a pop, just writing like 200 word Yelp reviews. 
And I finally stopped doing it when I got assigned a uh, a 24-hour dentist over by, like, uh, like Columbus Spring Garden sort of area over there. And that's when I was like, you know, this could be unethical, but I bet you that dentist is the guy you'd go to for such, uh, for such records. <laughs> so, this story has it all with... <laughs> You were getting paid for Yelp reviews, for yeah. fake Yelp reviews, which in and of itself is amazing. That's a, a hell of a cushy gig right there. Like, would you just go in and just gush about everything, saying this was the most amazing experience of my life? Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I made up a story for the for the 24-hour dentist. I made up a story of uh, getting my tooth knocked out at, um, at, at, uh, f- at the Festival Pier uh, in, the, in the pit during Offspring. And they they patched me up, and it was it was all good, and like it, it all was well. And then when I when I finished that one, I was like, you know, when I was writing them for you know, tire stores and shit like that, restaurants, that was fine. That's not gonna kill anybody. But like a dentist, I don't know, man. He puts you under. This seems like a bad idea. Yeah, no, I'm not trusting that. And I I always find, like, seedy dentists, seedy doctors, like, compelling things when they'll throw that into a show. Like, uh, I think Justified had an arc where there was a, or there was a just an episode where it was, like, a, a dentist who was, like, I don't know, he didn't have a license or something, and he had to try, try to go to the border. Shit like that is always just very amusing to me. Yeah, like, the, uh, I always appreciate, like, a doctor who's lost his, uh, a doctor who's lost his license, so now he just works with criminals, you know, because they can't go to the hospital. So he just, like, right. like in weeds, like, the sun breaks his arm, so they have to take him to this, like, veterinarian, basically. Yes, and it's always, like, it's either a disgraced doctor, and this is all he does now is, like, mob fix-ups, or it's a vet who just does it on the side because he doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, like, what's the difference between a, her- between a horse and a person? They both have bones. <laughs> I presume both have hearts and <laughs> yeah. other or such organs. You just gotta cut. You just gotta like cut the dosage down on drugs a little bit for humans. It's basic math. Yeah, just a little yeah. bit less ketamine. Yeah, just a tiny bit less. Oh my god! And with the shrimp cereal guy, I his name was apparently Jensen Carp, which <laughs> Craig and I talk a lot about like good hockey names and. Just names that don't even sound real. Jensen Carp doesn't even sound like a real name by hockey standards. It just sounds like the most... Wait, wasn't wasn't there a... Uh, and this is something we talked about pre-show. Wasn't there a Carp in, uh, in Mighty Ducks? Oh, shit. I think there was. I'm pretty sure there was. This is some quick Googling on my part. I love when everybody hears me typing on the Oh, show. it's the, the best. best. I love that sound. Like, oh yeah, kind of I have no idea when when someone asks me a question on BSH and I'm like, "Yes, I'm the expert here. Let me." And then you just hear typing. I'm like, "Maybe I should edit that out." I won't, but no. I I edit it out sometimes if I can, but then it depends on how tired I am at the end of the day. Uh yeah, Carp was the fat kid with the bad attitude. Okay. All right. Yeah, he had like a bowl haircut. <laughs> Didn't make the sequel. I don't think he made the sequel, no. Okay. Dave Carp. That's a fucking name right there. This Dave fucking Carp. gent like do you believe Jensen Carp? Like, do you believe this story at all? I don't know. I don't I mean, I initially I, I go back and forth, right? Like I I think it's it sounds pretty bullshitty, right? Like, why would that that actually be in there? But then again, I did actually find 
when I was a kid, I had these fruit snacks. I can't remember what brand they were, but I actually found these metal rings in the fruit snacks, like these washers. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't know why my family didn't get rich off that. I should go question my dad. Let's get my dad on the line right now and ask him why he didn't sue that fruit snack company. He's like, he's going to pee like we did. We just didn't give you the fucking money. You were a kid. Oh, that sounds right. That <laughs> sounds absolutely right. That explains why, like, <laughs> there was one day where my dad was just like, oh, yeah, I paid one of your student loans. Just one of many of just them. Just one of them. Thank you. And which I'm not I'm not mad about that. But, you know, he's got that secret stash and it all yeah. makes sense now. That was his slight guilt coming out. Thanks, dad. Like if, sure. if this if this happened to any random person, I I totally believe it. But the fact that it's like Topanga's husband and he's like a radio host or something, like I don't know. I just I guess it's like a random. There's a couple things that are. It's a here. random enough celebrity. Like this didn't like this didn't happen to like Brad Pitt or something. So it's like a random enough sea level celebrity that I guess it's plausible. But I I don't I've. <laughs> Like, shrimp tails are so random. They're so random. Like, do you think he just ate a shrimp and rolled it in the cinnamon sugar dust and was like, look what I found. Holy shit. Pay attention to me, Internet. Yeah, that's exactly what I think happened, actually. That sounds like a fun activity, just eating shrimp and rolling it in cinnamon sugar dust. He was actually high and ate a bunch of, uh, ate a bunch of shrimp. Yeah, you know, accidentally rolled it in, in his cinnamon stomach. toast crunch. Co- yeah, <laughs> the stripper in his stomach co- coated in cinnamon. They were delicious. We solved the mystery, guys. We solved it. <laughs> it's done. Cinnamon Toast Crunch can pay Bill all the money that they were going to pay to Jensen Carp, the fake name here. That's You know how they put, like, Dorito dust on everything? When does that happen with Cinnamon Toast Crunch dust? Like, as a dessert? I think it happens if you're high and you're just eating it out of the box. <laughs> like, well, with your just yeah. grubby mitts. Clearly. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's probably what I'm going to do for dinner tonight. It sounds delicious. That sounds like a great dinner. It's it's not a great dinner, kids, but it'll do. It'll do. As I said, I've been living off cereal this entire friggin' pandemic. We're all adults here. We're all adults here. I'm not surrounded by toys and goofy sport, sports merchandise in my basement here. <laughs> yeah. oh, None God. of that. That's outstanding. Oh, yeah. my. <laughs> I almost wish I recorded this on video, like, for all the just crap I have down here. I, it's a wonder my girlfriend hasn't just thrown it all out when I wasn't looking at some point. Like, I've got a Shane Victorino uh, fathead stick thing here next to me. I've got a Jason Worth bat from the World Series, maybe? I've got all sorts of fun, dumb shit. My favorite thing is a recent edition. I got these um, Legion of Doom uh, Christmas tree ornaments that are made out of old uh, starting line figures. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, that I love, and that actually gets me in the the nice hockey spirit. They, uh, Bill, I'll turn on my camera very briefly to show this off to you. I, I usually do not keep the camera on because I don't subject my my uh, guests to such uh, nonsense here. But oh, nice, John Leclerc right here. Okay, yeah, that's I have the Lindros. Uh, like when Hallmark was putting out the um, the ornaments every year, I have like a Lindros, a Gretzky. A Yager and an Oar. Ah, oh, there's Big E. Big E. That's a good collection right there. Does the Yager have a mullet? It's, it's slight. Slight mullet. Slight mullet. I guess that's better than nothing. Like it, yeah. I, I feel like in the 90s, they just phoned in so many of those toys where they're just like, eh, it's good enough. Kids will buy that's, it. Who cares? 
me and a couple of my friends, like, we're in this uh, pro wrestling, like, group chat with each other. It's basically all we do. Like, his wife will be like, what are you talking to Bill about at 2 in the morning? He's like, what do you think? Wrestling. But he'll play a game, like, he'll take a picture of one of his old action figures and just be like, guess who this is? And it's like, we'll all guess. No one will be close. Like, no, it's Val Venus. I'm like, really? Because, um, like, that looks like a woman. <laughs> Yeah, they just phoned all that shit in because they could. It was just yeah, a cash 100%. grab. Yeah, one hundred percent. They were just like, "Oh, they'll buy it." Yeah, this doesn't look remotely like a person, but yeah, whatever. It's close enough. We it, the names on the box. It's good enough for the kids. What's the worst one you've seen? Uh, the worst one, um, man. There was, there's like so many of the like anyone who isn't white is just the exact same face. Like so little effort is put into like. De- distinguishing between them and it's just like oh yeah we'll change their hat something like that that's true that is a hundred percent true they just do just not like give absolutely a shit. no effort put into it whatsoever like jack specific was like nah we, we already we already have it <laughs> that's uh that just brings me back it, it, they, any minority if it's if it's not white they just because white people they make slight alterations for like See, he's got the mustache, the signature Hulk Hogan mustache, but the rest of the face wouldn't even be close. And then everything else, like, you'd be lucky if they even phoned in. (sighs) Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, I'm Neelai Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Bill... Back to hockey briefly, and I, I know we have to if drag we you kicking and screaming back into this. <laughs> what did you think about the, the Tim Peel news earlier today? Where I, I guess he's kind of getting shit canned, but he, <laughs> I think he just ran out of fucks and decided, hot Mike, why not? Let's just let everybody know that the games are not quite rigged, but we do make up calls constantly. No, I love, I love that they're acting as if it's discipline when they're starting his retirement a month early. Like, I think I saw he wasn't even going to be refing in the playoffs. It was, like, in April he was going to retire. So they were just like, yeah, screw it, and we'll put out a whole press release. He won't be refing now or in the future. Well, yeah, he, he told you that already. He said he was retiring. Uh, it's it's just funny that anybody thought anything different about it. If you've watched one period of hockey, 
Like, you know that the game isn't governed by a rule book. It's governed by keeping the penalties even. That's it. That's the only thing they do. They make up calls, keeping the games close, game management as they call it. Like, that's what governs hockey. It's not the rules. No one gives a shit about the rules. Watch any game. They just let things go all the time. They call things that didn't happen all the time. It's, It's just funny that it became a controversy over something everybody acknowledges. Like, if the Flyers get two power plays in a row, Jonesy says, well, you know the next call's going against them every single time. And you know what's funny with that? I've really noticed this season that the Flyers announcers really have just given less fucks than usual as far as calling that stuff out. Like, JJ at this point is just like, I, I don't know what to say about this team anymore. I, I, these calls are ridiculous. Uh, I, I just don't know how to go on with this. Like, Justin Braun, 10 seconds into the game last night, gets called for interference. And it's like, they just played a couple, they just played a bunch of games against the Islanders in which that happens on every single shift multiple times. Oh, yeah. Like, they just finished lacing up their skates. (laughs) He was just catching his first breath of the game. How's he already getting a penalty there? It's like, the officiating is just so bad. And we know part of it is league mandate. Like, nah, forced parity. That's what the NHL is. Forced parity. Uh, and the dude left his microphone on. I hope he did it on purpose. That would have been funny. Oh, yeah. I I don't think he did, but I'd like to think he did. Because it was because it was such a great quote. Where he was like, uh, it wasn't much, but I wanted to get a fucking penalty against Nashville early. <laughs> like, he just <laughs> wanted, laid it out there. Wanted to get the call. <laughs> it's so good. The fact that he threw the fucking in there, too, just to get it on TV, made it perfect. Oh, it made it perfect. And I love that it's just like... I just want to get in the office, you know, uh, get some work done early and then fuck off for a bit. Like that kind of just casual attitude about yeah. it. No, this was just hanging out at work, like talking to your boy. Like that's all it was. Water cooler talk, net talk, it's the same shit. And now the NHL is making it look, oh, there'll be an investigation. Like, <laughs> fucking investigation. He said it. He said it. What, what are we investigating? The microphone was on. It was on television. I love it. False, false NHL outrage like this, where they're just like, "We're going to take care of things." We're, we're as outraged as you about this. They don't give a shit. Yeah. This is just PR one hundred and one, and they're not even that good at PR one hundred and one. No, it's they're really bad at it. In fact, it constantly amazes me how bad the NHL is at basic public relations stuff like this. Like they're always the last sports league to take a stand on anything, the last one to put out a state. I'm like, oh yeah, I guess we should do that too. Oh, they are, like, they don't even take themselves seriously as, like, one of the big four sports. Like, no, they are, they are not bigger than, and they are not a top sport by any, it is a niche genre. Yeah. And and a lot of it's because they don't have that attitude, because they don't act like they belong there. They just are like, oh, let the MLS have that spot. We're just fine staying where we are. Let's take a year off and then... Be on the Outdoor Life Network. This probably won't hurt our bottom line. Kids, let me tell you about the time hockey was on the Outdoor Life Network. (laughs) Nobody knew where it was. This is when cable was the only way to find an NHL game, too. And nobody knew what goddamn channel that was. Yeah, there were no illegal streams or anything to find. It was just... It was just, all right, here's a hunting and fishing show, and now here comes the hockey. Right, that was it. And it just, as a hockey fan at that time, it was just the most deflating feeling to go from, at least they were like, while they were bottom tier ESPN, at least they were still on an ESPN. 
And then they went to Outdoor Life, and you're just like, what am I even doing? Was it? The, I think it was before the lockout. Um, it was, a, I think it was the Detroit Carolina uh, final when, like, the the overtime of a finals game got preempted for, like, they switched networks for the, for a horse race pre-show. Like, the horse race wasn't starting for another hour or something, yep. but we had to get the pre-show in there, and this overtime Stanley Cup final game, yeah, that's that's going over to the B network. People gotta gamble on these horses, they gotta get ready, they gotta drink their mint juleps. Drives me insane. Dr- and NBC would still do it all the time, it wouldn't quite be as dire as, like, actually it would be overtime pretty often, you're just you're sitting there with your hands up going, what, <laughs> what is this? Are you serious right now? And they really just do not give a shit about hockey. They were going to get better ratings for people preparing to watch horses race for a minute. Oh, 100%. Like it was a, it was a, it was a smart move to do it. Like more people tuned <laughs> yeah. in. More people tuned in. And that, ah, does that speak more to just like hockey as a, I, I can't imagine it speaks to hockey as a sport because hockey is a legitimately great sport, but the personalities with it are always a problem because it's just the the least amount of personality you can possibly have in a sport. And it's just marketed terribly across the board. Like, I don't understand how these guys keep going to Gary Bettman and going, you've done such a great job, Gary, when the sport has just become more and more niche every year. And like, there is there is quite a barrier to entry. Like, Anyone can understand football because you went out and threw football around. Everyone understands baseball. Everyone understands basketball. Like, hockey is really fast. And I always say, if you didn't play it a little bit growing up, like, you have to know where the puck is going. It it happens really fast. If you're not anticipating it, you miss it. So, like, I, I do think, like, so many Americans not having played it growing up, like, really hurts it in terms of its popularity because, man, watching it myself, I don't understand how it's not the most popular sport. It is so much goddamn fun. Right. I feel the same way. Like, it, exciting overtime in hockey is the best thing in sports. Like, you're just on the edge of your seat constantly. Every time the puck's going on goal, you're just, like, ready to just jump out. Your heart, your heart's about to beat out of your chest. It's fantastic. But you're right. It, it's the least accessible. I, I played, like... I don't know. I was a mite on ice for a year and horrible at it, but I played a lot of street hockey growing up and that really helped enforce my, my love of the sport. Like even just playing that level helps a lot, but people don't even really do that for the most part. Tell you what really pissed me off the other night was like you said, overtime is so great when uh flyers go to overtime and it starts out with the, uh, with the power play. So of course we just have four on four the whole time. We didn't. We don't even get the three on three until the very end. I think I was like, so I have to watch. I have to watch this shit game, and also I don't even get the most exciting part. <laughs> like that really. That was just like the uh, the epitome of of the Flyers' last couple of weeks. It really was, and yeah, that completely just deflated that overtime for me. Was watching it be four on four because really the three on three makes such a difference because it changes the game so dynamically where they're just everything's faster everything's more wide open it's great four on four turns it right back into your regular five on five basically there's almost no difference between four on four and five on five not to mention the flyers have to have two defensemen out there which is like a a real liability for them yes yes it is like when they only have to have one it's like oh they got a real chance tonight like two-thirds of the guys on the ice are pretty good I think you discovered it. That's the key right there. One defenseman. Yeah. Just, just change formations. 
don't worry about the rest. Just pure offense. Why even play with a goalie at this point if you're the Flyers? Just have offensive players and one defenseman on the ice at all times. Should they just, like, at 5-on-5, five five, go with one guy? Like, dress 14, 15 forwards? Just have one defenseman? Let's do it. Let's go nuts. That's what the, the that's what the organization's deep in. Like, go for it. Yeah, just go with Provorov, Sandheim, and Myers and see see what the fuck happens. Let's get nuts. At this point, what can it hurt to not just get nuts with this season? I wouldn't be bothered by it if they experimented with it, honestly. I can't even... I would love to see this. I know the Flyers would never <laughs> even try anything risky. I think they actually went with the seven defensemen one game, which... Seems insane for this team to go with an extra defenseman. Like, you're willingly doing this? They don't have six. (laughs) That Eric Gustafson signing, I... It it was like, okay, I kind of get it when it happened. And now I'm looking back at it, and I just... I hate it so much. And every time he goes out there and tries to play defense, it it makes me cry. There There was a point he, like, got turned around last night. And defended a guy with his back, and his arms were behind his back. And honestly, it was like one of his most effective defensive plays of the year. I wanted to shit all over it, and then I watched it happen. I was like, "Well, the guy didn't score. <laughs> like maybe this kind of worked. Maybe this is what he needs to do: is play backwards all the time." You know what? I think you got it. You nailed the key right there. I, I Gustafson makes plays like that, like seeing Prosser out there the other night. Which game was it? I think it was one of the Islanders games where Prosser was just like giving away the puck left and right like he was Oprah just giving out prizes. <laughs> yeah, I, like I honestly I fully believe that Nate Prosser playing him is Vino trying to send a message to Chuck Fletcher like you have to get me something else or I'm going to keep embarrassing you by playing this guy. <laughs> At least that's an explanation because there is no other explanation. He had one decent game. And it's just been all downhill ever since that. Like, the worst thing that could have happened was him scoring a goal. Because then it was like, oh, we might have found something here. Like, (laughs) or every now and then a puck goes in. Right. Right. And he just, those turnovers. I, I was talking about this a little bit with Kelly. I can't believe this defense is actually worse than some of the defenses we were seeing a few years back. Back when we had, like, Nick Schultz and Andrew McDonald and all them, like, and sometimes this defense is way worse than those horrible defenses. Yeah, it's 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 really it, it, god damn it. Wow. Yeah, that's true. Like and the goaltending has been letting them down so much. Like say what you will about Steve Mason and I will say all sorts of negative things about him. He was kind of good for a little while, you know? Like Michael Neuver, he had his moments. When he was healthy, he was good. Yeah, he was fine when he was healthy. He was just only healthy once every 2 months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, a great save by Neuver, and that's the season. Mr. Glass is gone. Remember watching those, like, Nick Schultz teams and just thinking, man, when all these guys get here, Sanheim, Provorov, Haig, Moran, Gostaspair, when they get here, we're going to be great. Well, (laughs) turns out the defense is worse than ever. And I can't, I just don't understand it at all. And I don't understand what's happened with the goaltending. I it baffles me all the words you you referenced at the beginning of the show i just come back to them and i don't understand it and that's the problem at the end of the day i don't understand what went wrong and what is going wrong and that's what's really making me upset about this season it's like why i'm angry is because like you made me look like a fool 
I've been saying, like, oh, no, they're good. They're going to be good. Like, this is it. They're going to contend for a Stanley Cup. And now I look like an imbecile. Yeah. Like, I have to do radio. I have to do radio hits and shit and, like, backtrack on everything and just admit, like, oh, I was dead wrong. This team just does not have it. Right. And I remember saying at one point, oh, God, and it feels like forever ago, but I think we're talking about early February or late January saying, this division really comes down to the Capitals, Bruins, and Flyers, and holy shit, does that look bad now. That's a terrible take now. Yeah, like, the Bruins are, like... I, I, like the, the Bruins are only two points everything. up on the Flyers, and the Bruins... Yeah, they're only two points up. <laughs> like, Don't get it. The Rangers are pretty close to the Bruins, too. The Rangers might end up in this fourth playoff spot. If the Rangers make the playoffs and the Flyers, at least, you know, if the Flyers and Bruins don't, if both don't make it, then I think there's just something to, yeah, this year was fucked up. Like, then I'll be able to accept it a little more if someone else, if someone else gets, like, inexplicably embarrassed as well, I'll be able to cope a lot better. Yeah. I'm just so jealous of these other divisions. I look over at the other divisions and they, they just don't have the number of pain in the ass teams that we have. And on top of that, again, like, yeah, okay, the Bruins are are suffering too, but, like, I don't know. I don't think the Rangers are that good, and all of a sudden, they're right there with us. <sighs> and then the Islanders are just thriving off of this. I, j I just keep waiting for the magic to run out, and now it's like, no, actually, we're better than we were. Like, I, I, two years ago, I was like, okay, this is just one of them, you know, they're rallying around, losing Tavares, whatever. They're not actually this good. Now they are. Like, they actually are this good now. They, they like, bought in and became better. Did Lou Lamorello, back in the day, did he actually beat the devil in, like, a fiddling contest or something? <laughs> Is in a fiddling contest. A fiddling contest, yeah. the guitar, the banjo, some sort of musical instrument. How did Lou Lamorello do this? How does he continue to do this? I need to know. Just on this revenge tour of just sticking up, sticking it up everybody's ass. Like, your guess is as good as mine. Oh, God, I hate him so much. I hate looking at pictures of him when they pop up. It disturbs me to my core, and I, I will never not see him. He's just going to be there in my nightmares forever. He's going to be running a team in the Flyers division until I'm dead. Right. We can't even get him out of the division. Like, he couldn't go to the Colorado Avalanche. He couldn't go to the, the yeah. Vegas Golden Knights. He couldn't go to Seattle. Get a brand new start in Seattle. <laughs> Seattle. Nah, Seattle's going to be fine. They're going to get Phil Myers and win the Stanley Cup. That's what everyone keeps telling he's, me. He's going to be the captain of the team. Yeah, yeah. He's such a stud. Like, it's, it's gonna, unbelievable it's how gonna good be Phil, Phil Myers is. Whoever they take, it's going to be Phil. It's going to be Scott Lawton. It's going to be... Jake Vor the funniest scenario is Jake Voracek. They take Jake Voracek. Jake Voracek turns into just an all-star leader of that team. I will I will empty my bank account on a potential Jake Voracek con Smythe. Like <laughs> it's it's a foregone conclusion if he's the guy. If he's the guy, for it's it's over with already. I'll everything I have. It's like Pierre Edouard Belmar times 10. Oh, with easily. Because Belmar was a guy who here we were just like, oh, they took Belmar. That's great. And he actually turned into a pretty useful fourth liner for a couple good teams. No, like it turns out if you put him next to like anybody other than Chris Vandevelde, who didn't belong in the league a little bit, he was an effective enough player. What is Chris Vandevelde doing now? Is he like 
mowing lawns or something. I think I'm pretty sure. I'm not positive, but I'm fairly certain. Uh, I went into my Wawa the other day in Mulca Hill, and he made me a uh, chicken tender sandwich. <laughs> Outstanding ratio of the the buffalo sauce to pickle. Like sometimes they soak the pickles, and it's not even a pickle. But no, he killed it 100. percent Oh, what a guy that Chris Vandeveld. You know what? He's always been one thing, and that word is balanced. <laughs> That's what he is. That's what he is. There's nothing else. At this point, there's not much we can do except laugh and hope that Chuck Fletcher pulls a a move out of his ass somewhere. The one I was seeing most recently was the possibility of Ryan Ellis, which, uh, please get me that. I don't know how you get me that, but get me that. Oh my god. Like, you know, the idea of Ekholm was cool. Like, yeah, sure, I'll take Matias Ekholm, no problem. Like, the fact that it could be Ryan Ellis... Like, that's legitimately exciting. Oh, yeah. That really just... I'm trying to think of a not gross way to put this, but it kind of takes me from uh, (laughs) from 6 o'clock to midnight there. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I saw this in 31 Thoughts, and I'm like, yeah, give me that. But then Friedman goes down, and he says, in his number three thought, I could see Philadelphia considering someone like Mark Stahl if not going the Ellis route. Like, what a polar freaking opposite there. Talk about, like, Viagra wearing off real fast. <laughs> like, I haven't, I haven't, oh, Mark Stahl, I haven't any now. Thanks a lot. <laughs> I haven't thought about Mark Stahl in, I don't know, any way in years at this point. Please, Since, like, 2014? <laughs> yeah. Right. I didn't know he was still in the fucking league. I have no idea. I have no idea. I, I remember him when the Rangers were relevant and good. And yeah. I, again, I say this with full knowledge that they've got Breadman and they're right up our asses right now and probably going to surpass us any day now. Congratulations. The Flyers stink. <laughs> Mazel tov. Jesus. Yeah. We've got Eamon Smith on the block now. And he thankfully, the Predators keep being the, the team with all the rumors right now. So I can just go to Eamon and say, you know, the Predator stuff. Give me Predators knowledge, please. Get, tell me about the Predators now, because I don't know shit about the Predators, because who outside of Nashville does? Love the fan base there, but who pays attention to them? Yeah, talk talk about a team that just, like, fell off the face of the earth. They were super relevant when P.K. Subban and Wayne Simmons were there a couple years ago. They were in the finals and haven't heard a thing about them since. No, like, and it was so much fun. Like, I really, like, that was such a... Of all the non-Flyers finals, like, that was one of my favorite playoff runs to watch. And then, man, they just became not good real fast. Real fast. I think it's just the complete lack of offense there. And also P.K. Subban falling completely off of a ledge. Just, which I still can't believe happened. Like, we were talking years ago when that Shea Weber for Subban trade happened. And we are like, oh, well, come on. They got a great It was deal. laughable. Yeah. It was la- And now, like... Weber's still good. Weber's doing great. He's having, he was a monster in the playoffs last year. He pissed me off against the Flyers in the playoffs. And he's doing great. And Subban's like an irrelevant player on the New Jersey Devils. Yeah, like playing because he makes a ton of money and doing it poorly. An insane contract that, again, when he signed it, you're like, oh, that's a good deal for him. Yeah, I'd sign that all day. And at this point, it's, it's unfathomable to think that he makes that much money a year. It's, I, I don't know if I've ever seen a player fall off that quickly, like from all-star to bad. All-star and also like a representative of the game, somebody that you want out there, 
not everybody liked him, but guess what? He actually had a personality. He was actually somebody who put his face out there and tried to be a face of the game. And I think most teams wouldn't even want him at this point. No, no, not a single team would take on that contract. That's why he's with the New Jersey freaking Devils, because they're like, yeah, so we'll sell a jersey or three, so it's worth it. We got the cap space, because who the hell else do we have on this roster? (laughs) And they just beat the shit out of the Flyers. They just beat the shit out of the Flyers, and I hate it so much. I just, I can't wait till they have to sign all these guys. (laughs) I hope Jack Hughes blows up, so they have to spend like $13 a year on on his contract. Just like one huge season. Like, that would be great. One huge, a Taylor Hall-esque season from him. Yes, absolutely. You hear that, Jack? We're rooting for you for one year. (laughs) One time, just to put the Devils in cap trouble. (laughs) Because they've had a ton of room for years, but again, they don't do shit with it, so I can't complain too much. It should roll over in hockey the way it does in football. Like, you should eventually get to spend like $300 if you save your cap space. See, there's actually some motivation for the Flyers to save some cap space, as opposed to the Paul Holmgren days where it's like, okay, who can I LTIR Jenga my way in here <laughs> and just figure some way to make the, all these contracts work? With the Chuck, Chuck Fletcher, like, oh, well, we got $3 million. Might as well go get, it, go get myself an Eric Gustafson. <laughs> like, oh, yes. It's working out so great. Zdeno Char is playing for, like, a cup of soup, and we had to give this guy $3 million. A <laughs> cup of soup. What's a cup of soup in those hands? Is that like a, a like a, a huge bowl for a normal person? It's, yeah, like no. To be fair, it's like it's a it's a chara sized cup of soup, so it is like a mega bowl. But still, like that can't be more than six or seven dollars. Yeah, and I, to crock. go to go to the caps. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> we just can't we can't luck out in this division. The Flyers aren't playing well. They aren't they aren't playing up to snuff, and the rest of the division finds ways to like. The Penguins are resurgent now, uh, to a degree. They're, you know, not where they were a couple of years ago, but they're they're good enough right now. And the Capitals get cheap signings for nothing. Ovi still looks as good as ever. Yeah, it's... I expected them to kind of be, like, a team on one last run these next couple of years. Like, the LaViolette thing, that's exactly the type of team he should be coaching. Like, we need to squeeze the last little bit out of these veterans. How do we do it? Okay, LaViolette, that's the voice in the room we need. But I I still thought the Flyers were better than them. And yet again, I was mistaken. (laughs) Yet again, proven completely wrong by the Philadelphia Flyers. That's the lesson is just don't trust the Flyers ever. Never, never expect the Flyers to be good. And you'll be very pleasantly surprised when they are. Never, not once. Never, not once. I and I hate talking like this. Like, I hate feeling this pessimistic about them. But I have just been so drained over the past month of this just getting my hopes up just to fall flat on my face every week. And this team is exhausted. This team does not look interested in playing right now. And I don't think there's any end in sight. No, and that's the, like, people keep asking, like, do you think they can salvage it? Do you think they can turn it around? Like, yeah, if they had a bye week, maybe. But they're just exhausted. They're clearly frustrated. They're clearly beaten down. And they never get a chance to reset because they play every single freaking night. I don't see, like, unless something magical happens, I I don't see what they could possibly rally around because they're not going to just discover some energy. Like, maybe if they bring Yuri Laterra back, they can discover some energy, but I don't see another way. I feel like the only way to do it is if they scratched half the roster 
for two games, sacrificed those two games to play a Phantoms roster, and brought everybody back after that. But even then, that's just still, what, three, four days off? Yeah, it's it's a couple of days. Like, the goalies clearly need the time. Oh, the veterans, are, all the old guys are the only ones playing well. How long is that going to last with this schedule? Like, Brian Elliott's going to break a trouble. hip. He's going to break a hip Bra- at this rate. That poor old son of a bitch. Like, he, you can't say he ain't trying out there. That's what I'll, I'll, I'll give Elliot. He's a battler. He, he's just throwing his body around. He knows. It's clear he's tired. Like, on that wraparound the other night, the overtime wraparound, like, it, it, he could have waited behind the net a day and a half, and Elliot wouldn't have got over to the opposite post. He's essentially the, the Danny Glover in Lethal Weapon of hockey. He's been too old for this shit for years now. And he ain't getting any younger. I feel so bad because he does work his ass off. He tries his ass off and he's a good player, but you just can't rely on him this much. This would be like in a normal season, he'd be in the perfect role. Like if if everything was fine with Carter Hart and the schedule was normal and he could play like one out of four, everything would be fine. (laughs) But since we're in this situation, he's like the worst possible goalie to have. Just worst case scenarios, uh... Pretty much everywhere except for the top, like, three or four guys on offense. It's it's a beautiful thing right there. I love <sighs> it here. I really do. I've, ne- I'm, I've never had more fun in my life. Well, I'm hoping to think at Ellis. Uh, I've got a, f- a little bit of a scouting report from Eamon here. I'm just going to rattle off real quick. Uh, Eamon said he's one of the five best defensemen in the National Hockey League when healthy, which... Uh, Yes, please. But yeah, we'll see about that. Aim. We'll see. Uh, he's been a warrior and a performer in the postseason at every level uh, and is the embodiment of a two way defender. Love to hear that. Maybe the smartest defenseman in Predators history, which helped make up for a smaller size of 510, 180. So Kimo and esque in that regard. Uh, wins by being aggressive, uses a stick and generally anticipating play better than everyone else. Has a wicked slap shot and underrated hands that make him a point scoring threat, but he's not been especially great on the power play in Nashville. Although you could chalk that up to the Predators being awful with the man advantage. Hey, that sounds yeah, They just don't score. <laughs> yeah. We don't either. Yeah, that's true. Oh my God. Uh, he's a righty and signed long-term until 2026 at age 30, getting paid 6.25 million AAV over that time. Uh, I'm okay with that cap hit, frankly. That could be a PK. Oh, 100% Subban. I'm okay with it. Like PK, what's PK making? Nine mil? Yeah, I think like nine point something. Like, it's it's a huge number. Oh my god. Actually, I gotta look this up, because that... I laugh every time I see it, and I laugh only because we don't have to pay him. It's one of the few times I can laugh anymore. It's, it's, it is nice looking at, like, the Suter and Parisi contracts and just being like, alright... You know, at oh least God. that wasn't us. Yeah, nine mil. Uh, nine e- it's nine even for Subban, yeah. Yeah, for two more years. Uh, so this season and then next season. So they're almost out of it. I guess they could buy him out of it. But why would they buy him out when they will have a ton of cap space anyway the next year? Yeah, why extend the pain? Like, just get through it. Who wants to play for the New Jersey Devils at the end of the day, too? I mean, you look, you get your options. I could play for... The Rangers, who are the big glitzy team, even though they play at a train station. I could play for the Islanders in the middle of nowhere in Long Island, but a uh, good organization right there. I could play for the Flyers, who are a complete clusterfuck, but they are still proud history. The Flyers, or I could play for the Devils? Great history, but they play in fucking Newark. Yeah, it's... By great man, history, I mean uh... great history for, like, a ten-year span. 
Yeah, from 95 to oh, five. 2005, they were great. Hopefully never again. No, I, I can't imagine, yeah, like any, they could have all the cap space in the world. I can't imagine them being like an attractive destination for free agents uh, now that like they don't have, you know, a couple like, you know, Marty Brodeur and a couple Hall of Famers playing in front of them. Right. And right. that For a while, that was pretty much the only draw was that they had a great organization. They had Lou over there with his deal with the devil and you had Scott Stevens, the dirtiest player in NHL history, all that great stuff. And now they have, what do they got? Mackenzie Blackwood, who's pretty good. Cool. Jack Hughes. Jack Hughes is their great hope. How good was him falling down on that breakaway? Oh my God. Like, it's, I mean, you know, they they still won and everything, uh, but it was just, like, such a laughable moment. Like, he's gone, and all of a sudden, he's flat on the ice. It's like the Daniel Jones with the, the breakaway touchdown, falling down moment at the NHL. Just a couple of overrated players on teams from New Jersey. That's falling all. Falling down. All it is, and we can obviously talk trash as fans of both the Eagles and Flyers, the most stable, productive organizations in the world. Oh, without a doubt, yeah. Well, Bill, I guess we'll just have to drink our way through the rest of the season and hope next year's better. Uh, that's what I planned on doing either way. It's a good plan. It's a good plan. I think that's about all the hockey I have in me tonight, folks. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any feedback for it, the best place is on Twitter. Bill, I'm sure everybody and their mother is following you already, but where can people find you on Twitter? Follow me at Philadelphia one or don't. It's up to you. Uh, I mostly tweet about pro wrestling and beer when something like the... Uh, I will say, I do think I'm great at sarcastic quotes uh, when something like the F- F- uh, Fletcher press conference happens. I think like that, like that, today, that's what I'm best at on Twitter. So follow me at Philadelphia one when... Uh, when fun things like press conferences happen. Oh, yeah. I didn't even bring up the Fletcher press conference because I really... <laughs> what, what can you even say about it, right? Because, like, who gives a shit? <laughs> well, we were talking about this in the Slack earlier. The GMs get out there and they give these press conferences to be like, all is well, but we're all, like, Rome is burning. And we're all saying, yeah. put out the fire. And Chuck's like, uh, I'll get to the fire, you know, but we got to go through the right process to take out the fire. Yeah, we don't want to offend the fire. We have to figure out how the fire started first, and then we'll get to putting it out. Like, yeah, I mean, he, what was anyone expecting him to say? That's he, what he GMs said, do. Uh, yeah, it was a press conference because they haven't had a press conference in a while. Like, that was it. A press conference for press conferences. Yeah, like, the press, like, you know, the players don't say shit ever, so... No. You know, throw, throw the writers a bone and give them someone else to quote for, you know, a couple of days. Huzzah. Yeah, GMs just... Especially NHL GMs. They're not gonna get out there and start trashing guys left and right. If nobody ever trashed Andrew McDonald, nobody's gonna trash a guy on this current team. Yeah, like, like, they actively told us, no, you're wrong, Andrew McDonald is good. Like... <laughs> What the fuck did you expect to hear today? He deserves to make $5 million a year. You're all idiots. Probably more. We got him at a deal. You don't have the stats we have, okay? We have super top secret stats. I love when they say that, by the way. You don't have the metrics oh, yeah. we have. By Buddy, what we're counting. Yeah. Do you know the nerds we Buddy, have around here? We have all the metrics. Yeah. Look, 
you know what? I'm counting 45 years without a cup. All right? <laughs> that's my stat. To, that's my stat to tell me you ain't doing a good job. That's my basic math, and I think it's pretty accurate. All right. No, the yeah. GMs don't say shit. I wasn't expecting anything. I have no. I, I, my expectations for a general manager to say anything, say anybody in the NHL outside of, I don't know, an iron an iron Mike Keenan to say anything interesting, or John Tortorella on his uh, his off days. Uh, it, it my expectations completely gone for that. Oh, what's Keenan up to? Maybe we can bring him back. Is he in Russia or something right now? I think the last time I checked, doing? I think. He was definitely coaching for the KHL at one point. I think it might have even been a Chinese team. Nobody wants to be in Russia. Like, you got to be able to entice him back. Yeah. Let's see. What is Mike Keenan up to? I should have just asked Siri right here. <laughs> okay. So he was, after a dis... Okay, on March 16, 2017, Keenan was announced as the new head coach of HC Kunlun Red Star, the KHL's first Chinese-based team. I'm sure... Everything translated well for Mike Keenan there. After a disappointing start to the 17-18 season, Keenan was fired by Kunlun Red Star on December 3rd, 2017. So wait, how long did he last? Less than a year. Okay, yeah. March okay. to December. Yeah. Um, like, that's some Ted Lasso shit. <laughs> like, how... How could he possibly communicate? Just pointing. Just a lot of pointing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Keenan seems like the kind of guy if he he thinks if he just yells loud enough, it will transcend all barriers. Yeah, I guess like uh, yeah, that's wild to me. I can't imagine like I can't imagine what it would take to get me to go to a different country, let alone like one that is so wildly different. Like I'm saying, I can't imagine what it would take to get me to go, you know, to Canada. <laughs> right, <laughs> like, right. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Coach a Chinese, a Chinese KHL team. Like Canada, at least mostly speaks the same language as you. Maybe a couple different phrases, maybe some milk and bags, but mostly the same. This is just completely different. Fucking wild. Uh, can you imagine? But yeah, bring like if bring you went back. back to the past and grabbed like in his peak Mike Keenan and <laughs> made him the coach of this current team. I think he'd have a heart attack within three days. Yeah. No, there'd be like he'd be locked up. <laughs> the team would quit like the team would sh like they're quitting on this guy they're gonna they would straight up just not show up to practice they would strike like i can't even imagine like everybody hates john tortorella right but tortorella isn't even a quarter of what Keenan and pat quinn were back in the 80s no like it would be a problem there'd have to be like press conferences and like uh, pr like uh damage control like, it would be <laughs> It would be a problem. It would be some real... Uh, he'd get canceled. Oh, within days. He wouldn't even last that, yeah. that majority of a year that he was with the Chinese team for. It would be, no. I don't know, a week tops. All right, well, we were doing the outros before before we started talking yeah. about Mike Keenan. Uh, follow Bill at Philadelphia. You can follow me at Flyperbole or at Bomb. Make it Flyperbole for your hockey needs. Uh, follow BSH Radio. Follow Broad Street Hockey. As I say every week, amazing podcast on Broad Street Hockey for you to check out. Kelly does checking out the competition, BSH Radio, and poor Bill has to do all our post games. <laughs> I don't know how you do it, man. God bless you. Me neither. I really don't know. <laughs> Especially like after games like last night, I just you're one of the first thoughts I have and go, oh, poor Bill's got to talk about this game now.
like and it's already my nightmare. Like you know how I feel about a Tuesday night against the Devils. It's already my nightmare. It's already bad. It's just worse after losing that game. Like if if they pulled out two points, or even if they had just gotten the loser point, it would have been somewhat better. But no, they lost in regulation to the crap ass Devils. What a year! What a year, folks! Thanks for sticking with us. We're always here to entertain. Until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Wow, 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 wow. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it then in that moment. You don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of like afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.